from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good afternoon. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to this Monday edition of Washington Watch. I'm Jody Heiss, a senior vice president here at the Family Research Council. Thrilled to be filling in for Tony today and extremely honored to have you on board with us as well. Coming up on this edition of Washington Watch, there was a flurry of activity over the weekend related to the latest indictment of former President Donald Trump. Lawyers of the former president had until this afternoon to respond to a proposed protective order from prosecutors that would have prevented uh, President Trump and his legal team from speaking publicly about sensitive information on the materials that have been compiled by the special counsel's office. One of those lawyers, John Lauro, decried the attempt over the weekend. This is what he had to say. What the position of the prosecutor is non-sensitive Ordinary evidence should not be disclosed to the press. That's shocking. Not only do they want to violate President Trump's First Amendment rights, they want to violate freedom of the press. And I'm surprised that the major networks aren't filing papers along with me on Monday. A major issue developing, that was former president's attorney uh, yesterday on CNN's State of the Union. I'll be joined in just a moment by Congressman Tim Burchett to discuss some of those latest developments and also I'll be speaking with Congressman Burchett about claims by Democrats that the investigations into Hunter Biden's business dealings and the Biden family's tie to China are nothing but smoke. And on Saturday, the Alabama Republican Party's executive committee passed a resolution reprimanding the Biden administration for violating principles of the Hyde Amendment through its unlawful abortion policy in the military. The resolution also sends resounding support for Senator Tommy Tuberville in his ongoing fight with the Biden administration over its actions. So I'll be joined in just a few moments with the chairman of the Alabama GOP. And speaking of support, there was a prayer rally held yesterday in Ohio to encourage Christians to vote for this major issue called Issue 1. This is a common sense measure. This is a common sense vote. What happens here, we know, will open up the door for many, many other states. Please get this right. That was former Planned Parenthood Clinic Director Abby Johnson, who was speaking at that prayer rally yesterday. And a little bit later in the program, I'll be joined by Aaron Baer from the Center for Christian Virtue to highlight what's at stake in that critically important vote in Ohio tomorrow. And lastly, attacks against Christian, uh, Christian places of worship and also Christian speech continue to increase all across the country. Last week, a young Christian street preacher was arrested in Wisconsin for speaking the truth during the, a drag queen show that involved children. You see, as we become more and more tolerant of sexual immorality in our culture, we become more and more intolerant towards Christian morality. And the more we become intolerant towards Christian morality, the more we're going to see lawlessness in our streets. Well, that was the young preacher himself who was arrested, Marcus Schroeder, addressing the city council meeting last week after his arrest and he will be joining me live to discuss what happened. 
We'll also get an update from FRC's Ariel Del Turco on some of the latest attacks on churches and places of worship across North Texas and across the entire country. So we've got another packed show coming your way. And just as a reminder, our website, as always, is TonyPerkins.com. So if by chance you miss any portion of today's program and you want to catch it later, you can do so by going to TonyPerkins.com. Also, of course, we have tons of archived information there for you and a host of resources as well. So keep it handy, TonyPerkins.com. All right, let's jump into the program for this evening. John Lauro, the uh, one of the attorneys for former President Donald Trump, uh, was on all the major networks yesterday on all the Sunday shows following last week's indictment of the former president and his court appearance. And by the way, there's probably more on the way. Many in Fulton County, Georgia, are preparing for the district attorney there to announce a new indictment, which would, of course, be the fourth against former President Trump. Uh, and it, it might even happen this week. We don't know, but it's, it's imminent, and it looks like it's forthcoming. Uh, what are Democrats hoping will come from all of this? Well, with me now to discuss this and more is Congressman D Tim Burchett. He serves on three House committees, including the House Oversight Committee. He represents the 2nd Congressional District of Tennessee. Uh, Congressman Burchett, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to see you, my friend. Jody, it's always good to see you and to hear from you. And as soon as you started, stopped talking, my dog started barking. So I, you've got <laughs> something going on. I've got something going on. That's uh, it. It always seems to happen that way. Well, listen. Let me just get some of your your take on this, on the uh, indictments of the former president. What's your general sure. impression and your thoughts of it all? Well, every time they indict President Trump, his numbers go up. But the reality is, this is an actual attack on this country. This is what happens, Jody, when twenty million so-called evangelical Christians decide to stay home on election day. This is what happens when we turn from our Judeo-Christian ethic and we, we, uh, we allow this kind of nonsense to go on. We are at fault. They didn't take it from us. We are giving it to them. And we've got to address it. We've got to address it at the ballot box. Obviously, this is, they're violating the president's constitutional rights, his First Amendment. He can't talk about the case on, his, on a website. The press is not allowed to, to view this. Um, it's complete censorship. It's, it's everything that's wrong with this country. This is a witch hunt. The American public knows it. And, um, and I hope they wake up because if they don't, Jody, the next thing you'll hear is, is shackles being thrown on the doors of our churches and places of worship because this is their next step. If they know they can get by with this, they can get by with anything. This is a blatant abuse of our Constitution. Yeah, and we're already seeing some of that take place. We'll, we'll be dealing with some of those issues a little bit later in the program. Uh, but it really is frightening, Congressman. I, you know, I, I look at all of this and have to ask myself, and I'd love to ask you, uh, is the, the concept of equal justice under the law in America rapidly just becoming a slogan and something of our past rather than a reality for all people? I think it is. I couldn't have put it better myself, brother. We are, we are just seeing this thing erode. It's slipping through our fingers like wet sand. It's just, it's, it's just going so fast. And the thing is, it, it, they, it's leaps and bounds. I was, I was on another show today talking to a conservative host, and I said, you know, the way the left does it is they push so far hard to the left, and then we come back 
not quite back where we were, but just a little to the left. And then we say, oh, we've compromised. And all we've done is given them in, given in to the other side. And we've got to quit this. The Marxists, these are Marxists. This is not, this is not your, your, your granddad's socialism. This is Marxism. And, and they are going to take it, take it off from us. They'll throw the Constitution out. And, and that's what they're doing in this case against President Trump, because when, when you, you, you see the violation of the First Amendment, you know, they, they say in school, I don't know if it's true or not, but they put them in, they thought, in order of importance. First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble, freedom of religion. All those things are, are right under, tucked into that beautiful First Amendment. And, um, and, and, and we're just giving it away to them, Jody, because we're, we're afraid to fight. We're afraid to call it out. Well, that's why, you know, we are so honored to have uh, people like you representing us, Congressman. I tell you, it's, uh, these are dark days facing our country. And, you know, we as citizens are responsible to pass liberty on to the next generation. And that takes, obviously, representatives like yourself, but all of us standing together. So let me ask you, what, what do you expect to happen in the coming weeks with the, these indictments? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? What do you hope is going to happen? Well, I, I suspect they're going to get a, a guilty verdict out of some of them, obviously. I mean, you, you, how can he get a fair trial in Washington, D.C.? What, 90, 95 percent of them voted for Joe Biden, uh, the folks up there? That is ridiculous. Move it out of there. Get it in a fair Get it in a 40-60 even uh, with somebody with some common sense, at least, that could that could judge these issues just in, in any form of, of fairness. But you're not going to get that, and they're not going to allow that. I suspect what you're going to see is some guilty verdicts, and, the, and the President Trump's going to have to appeal and go to a higher court, and then hopefully we'll get some justice there. But the point is, all they're trying to do is bloody him and bleed him of, of resources and time, and that's what they're doing. They're doing a very good job of it. Because they, you know, they just keep coming up with a new indictment. Next one, who knows what they'll, what they'll, maybe they'll get his third grade girlfriend who told uh, the teacher that he mistreated her or something. I don't know. It, it's ridiculous. The whole thing, I think the public realizes that's why his poll numbers keep going up. And that's why the left doesn't understand the American public is not stupid and they're tired of this garbage. Well, yeah, and, and underlying all of this, too, is the timing of it all that just cannot be swept under the rug. You know, this was, it, it appears, has every appearance of just a, a smokescreen to draw attention away from what you and others of your colleagues on the House Oversight Committee are doing and unfolding, investigating yeah. with the Devin Archer and Hunter Biden. Uh, oh. Do you see this as just a... Uh, a smoke screen when they're coming after indicting Trump, that they're just trying to draw attention away from really uh, evidence. You know, they, they hate to see the facts. And you guys in oversight and judiciary continue to bring forth incredible facts of the Biden family. Yeah, it's, it's exactly, Jody. I was on CNN the other night and the lady was like, well, you've not, this is all, there's no facts. There's no evidence. I said, you've got an FBI informant, not a Democrat informant, not a Republican informant, but an FBI informant that's rated, apparently, according to the FBI, as one of their top informants that's brought this information to us. Not, not hundreds of thousands, but millions of dollars have been paid to the Biden family for nothing other than, other than access. That's all they're paying for. And then you have to question, we just saw yesterday, Two Chinese men born in China, serving in our United States Navy, 
charged with espionage. You have a Chinese balloon that flies over the continental United States, transverses it, no less, comes back, goes back, goes over our secret military installations, some of our missile installations that are public, some of them that are secret. Obviously, they're known to the communist Chinese, yet we choose not to shoot it down. We wait till it's off the coast of, of Myrtle Beach. We didn't shoot it down in Montana, where more people work in the dadgum Pentagon, Jody, than work than work in the um, than, than live in, in, in the whole state of Montana. Listen, we have been compromised from top to bottom, and they've bought it. They bought and sold. They've gotten their price. There, there's there. How many pieces of silver that they that they've thrown down, and they know our price, and we're greedy, and it's showing. Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. Is, is bad news, and his father is worse because he is our commander-in-chief, and he is the one sitting at the head table. He needs to, he needs to be impeached. He, we need to go after him with everything we've got because we've got it. The evidence is there. The FBI, as much as they fought us, and thank God for, for Jamie Comer and, and, and Jim Jordan, chair and judiciary, and, and Jamie uh, uh, on oversight that I'm on because he is tenacious, and he's got them, and they know it. He's over the target. That's why full force, CNN and, and all the rest of them are saying there's no evidence. They just keep saying that over and over and over again, but they won't show what we've seen and what we're allowed to show. And they won't, they won't, they won't even advertise it. They won't put it out at all. Congressman Tim Burchett, Tennessee, thank you so much for your leadership on this and so many issues. We're grateful for you. And thank you for taking time to join us this evening on Washington Watch. God bless you. Thank you, Jody. God bless you. And please tell your people to pray for our country more so now than ever. We do. We do. Tim Burchett, thank you for coming. Next, we'll be discussing Senator Tommy Tuberville and what's happening with him and the rule of law. State. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be giving guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org.
Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. of the Alabama GOP passed a powerful resolution both going after the uh, Biden administration for their unlawful uh, attacks, if you will, on the pro-life movement and the Hyde Amendment, and also their resolution strongly supported uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville. We are trying to get him on with us right now and having a little difficulty, so we're going to wait. And while we're waiting, on him. I want to transition to another topic that we're going to be discussing in greater detail here in just a little while, and that is what's happening in Ohio tomorrow uh, with, the, with the vote on issue one. And um, I've just, all right, well, I'm going to pause on that. I've just been told we have uh, Chairman John Wall with us on Washington Watch. Chairman, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we're glad to have you. There we go. All right. There, there we go. Well, Chairman, thank you for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. And uh, listen, it's very encouraging what took place over the weekend with uh, in the uh, executive committee of the Alabama GOP. Uh, give us some highlights of basically what this resolution says. Okay, we are still having some de technical difficulties trying to get the chairman on with us. So we're going to pause and go back. We're, we're talking here in just a little while about the uh, vote tomorrow coming up in Ohio. This is a critically important vote. As I mentioned, we're going to go a little bit further in, in the details of this, a little bit further in the program. But I want to give kind of a, uh, right now, a little bit of a bird's eye from a different perspective. And that is the amount of money that is flowing, flooding into the state of Ohio is just mind-boggling. And so uh, joining me now to discuss this and more is Matt Carpenter. He's uh, uh, the director of FRC Action. Matt, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jody. Great to be with you. All right. Well, let's, see. Let's, let's talk about some of this. First of all, this is a major vote that the state of Ohio is going to be addressing tomorrow. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how significant is this? 
You know, Jody, every election is important. I think you know that quite well. Um, but this one is a 10, I got to say, at least a nine. You know, this is something that uh, would raise the threshold for future ballot initiatives um, in the state of Ohio, kind of raising that that uh, that floor so that you don't turn Ohio into a California. You don't have a situation where uh, what the outside of the state donors are able to just, to just drop millions of dollars and sometimes tens of millions of dollars uh, into a place like Ohio to uh, to stir the pot and to turn a place like Ohio into California. So it's very important that uh, pro-lifers and, and those worried about uh, the next generation, parental rights, right, the innocence of our children, um, you know, if you want to stop uh, you know, gender transition procedures okay. uh, from being performed on minors, this is a great opportunity to kind of nip a lot of that, a lot of that agenda in the bud. One, but absolutely. Uh, let me let me just say this, Matt. I, I've just been told we have John Wall uh, with, with the Alabama GOP uh, chair. I want to, so I'm going to go back to him. But real quickly, I want you to stand by uh, because we may be coming back to you. But real quickly, just a bottom line: the amount of money flowing into Ohio right now is stunning. Just in ten seconds or so, where's the money coming from? So there's about $15 million in outside spending combined to about, I think the last numbers I saw were about $5 million uh, on the yes for um, issue one vote. Um, a lot of that money is coming from the teachers unions, I should say, on the no side. So uh, the NEA, the National Educators Association, dropped a million dollars in. Their Ohio chapter dropped a million dollars in. Some shadowy, dark money, liberal um, super PACs and philanthropic groups uh, are also pouring millions of dollars in. So these are not people who purport to speak for Ohio uh, and, and Ohioans, they're pushing a radical left-wing agenda, and that's what they're interested in seeing. But I'll stick around, Jody. In case All right, Matt, thank story. you so much. All right, Matt, we, we appreciate that. I'm going to shift over now to John Wald, chairman of the Alabama uh, GOP. Uh, John, thank you for joining us this evening. You hear me? All right, yes, can you hear me? All right, now you're coming through. Yes, sir, we've got you. For the Thanks for joining us. What happened or whose end that was, but I apologize for the delay. Okay. Real quickly, what does the resolution say? We've only got a couple of minutes left. Well, look, the bottom line is the Alabama Republican Party is incredibly concerned about what's happening in Washington, D.C. with these holes. You know, when we look at it, this goes back not necessarily to Tommy Tupperville, but the root cause here is that President Biden has forgotten the key facts of constitutionally and really proper protocol for government. He's ignored the Hyde Amendment. He's gone around the proper, uh, you know, proper channels put in place. And constitutionally, federal spending should be decided by the legislative branch, not the executive branch. And this resolution clearly condemns him for that and praises Tommy Tupperville for kind of standing up and taking the lead, fighting for these values. Yeah, we have here at FRC, we've been standing strong behind uh, Senator Tupperville. He has taken so many hits uh, while he is standing courageously, swimming upstream, literally, against a, a torrent of activity and attacks. And we could not be more uh, pleased and proud of the actions that you and the executive committee in Alabama took, both uh, calling the Biden's administration out, but supporting uh, Senator Tuberville as well. I understand this was virtually a unanimous vote. Ninety-nine percent. So about as good as you get. I like to joke that that 1% probably hit the wrong button when they were voting. <laughs> well, uh, from someone uh, being from Georgia, I couldn't agree. Probably that's what happened. Uh, 
But listen, I, what else are you hearing from the people of Alabama? Because people need to understand, Alabama GOP is probably the largest in the nation. Uh, it's in, incredibly strong and powerful. Uh, what are you hearing across the state? You know, for us, this is a clear thing because it's not just protecting the lives of the onboard, which is probably the most important issue you have. You know, what, what, what do other rights and freedoms matter if you don't have the basic human right to life? Um, so that's number one. But then outside of that, you know, this is, this is a clear fiscal, you know, fiscally responsible action. You know, the vast majority of Americans do not want their taxpayer funding being used to pay for abortion-related expenses. We've seen this over and over again. This is this is disrespectful to the taxpayer. Um, you know, this is disrespectful to the Hyde Amendment, to the Constitution, to our, the vision of our founding fathers, where we see a federal I'm sorry, government of- Chairman, we got to leave it right there. I apologize. Love to get you back at another time, but thank you for your leadership. We'll be right Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash prolifemen to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Jody Heiss, your host this Monday evening. Glad to have you joining us as well. All right, we've hit on this issue a number of times, but I want to hit on it once more, considering the potential impact that this is going to have on our entire nation, and that is Ohio tomorrow voting on issue one. That's tomorrow, Tuesday, August 8th, is when the fate of Issue one is going to be decided. And according to one of the latest polls that, and done, in fact, by Ohio Northern University, it looks like it's a dead heat. Like 42.4 are in favor of issue one, 41% disapprove. At least those small numbers in the middle that are going to decide this. So 
if, if you're in Ohio or if you know people in Ohio, make sure that you get engaged now. Well, joining me now from Ohio to remind us what's at stake is Aaron Baer. He's the president at the Center for Christian Virtue. Aaron, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for taking the time to, to focus on such an important issue for us here in the Buckeye State. Well, it is extremely important, not only to the Buckeye State, but to the entire nation. So let's begin with this, and assuming we have some viewers or, listening, uh, or listeners who may not be totally up to speed on this issue. Give us your, your one-minute elevator speech. What, what is at stake? What's going on uh, with issue one? Yeah, so at the core of issue one, it's a really straightforward uh, constitutional amendment. It, it elevates the threshold to, to change the Constitution to 60 percent of the vote. Right now, Ohio is one of only about 10 states that, that allows citizen-initiated petitions to change their Constitution with only 50 percent of the vote. Again, compare that to the U.S. Constitution that requires two-thirds of Congress to pass, plus 75% of the states to ratify. Uh, and you can see how Ohio's constitution uh, is, is a little bit strange in that way. Now, it really highlights that, that the flaw in our constitution is really highlighted when you see what the left is doing in America. And I think, Jody, to your point, this is the, uh, this shows why this is much bigger than just Ohio, uh, is that since the Dobbs case last year, the case that overturned Roe v. Wade in June of 2022, uh, Planned Parenthood and the ACLU and the abortion industry have really been going state by state to pass their radical abortion on demand and uh, up until birth without parental consent uh, initiative uh, in, in, in statutes in state uh, constitutional amendments, uh, pass them at the ballot box. Uh, and Ohio is the only state they're coming after in 2023. And they're actually looking at anywhere from eight to 11 states in 24. Uh, so that's really what's on the line here of why we need to pass issue one to protect our constitution from these dangerous ideas that rob parental rights uh, and attack the unborn. Absolutely. I, I'm glad you brought that up. This is not something that's going to stay in Ohio. The battle is starting there, but they're going after uh, all states where there is a potential, they think, to uh, change the threshold for a constitutional amendment in those various states. Now, there was a prayer rally yesterday. I saw Abby Johnson, among many others who were there. Uh, tell us about the, the prayer rally, how it went, and what kind of turnout. Oh, th th this was what was just so exciting right now, is we're seeing the body of Christ in Ohio rise up like never before. They understand uh, that in order for us to preserve the American promise uh, for the next generation, it, it's up to us today to fight for it. Uh, and that was really the message that came across yesterday in Norwood, uh, in really the Cincinnati area. Uh, we had thousands of people come out for an issue one rally uh, that was headlined by Abby Johnson, but also Jim Caviezel of the Sound of Freedom. Uh, it was just a blessing for these folks to, to lend their voice uh, to Ohio right now and really to this, this pro-family, pro-parent, pro-life movement. Uh, that is is being sparked here in Ohio right now uh, to encourage folks to go out and vote. Yes, I will say, you know, you often hear about the silent majority when it comes to elections like this, and we saw them stand up and roar yesterday. And I think Tuesday, tomorrow, if the if the church rises up, if Christians turn out to vote, uh, we'll see victory, and it'll be very clear that the body of Christ delivered it. That's awesome. All right, that right there is a national call to prayer. Each of you watching. Right listening right now, uh, now is the time to pray for tomorrow's vote in Ohio. Uh, Aaron, I want to, uh, obviously there's a lot of opposition 
and there's a lot of deception in all this. I want to play a clip, and then I want to give you an opportunity to set the record straight. Play clip five, please. If issue one passes and um, we have a 60% requirement, that will allow 40% of Ohio voters to be the decision makers. All right. Set the record straight for us here. Again, so this is just the left's lies because they have nothing else to go along with this. The bottom line is all we're talking about here is how we amend our Constitution, right? The Constitution is something that those foundational principles go into, right? It's not a place for policy maker making. It's a place for, for uh, foundational principles. The reality is we're not touching any of the other uh, processes for changing law. So we have initiated statute in Ohio that allows the voters to change the law with 50 percent of the vote. We have the legislative uh, process that allows allows voters and, and the, the republic that we formed to, to change the law with 50% of the vote. All of those things stay in place. Uh, all we're talking about here is how we amend our Constitution. Uh, and, and that's the thing that these guys don't want to talk about. They're lying about this entire time, uh, is that because our Constitution is so easy to amend, it invites George Soros and all these leftist causes to come in and flood the zone to change the foundational document of the state, which basically can't be undone uh, with, with just enough money. Um, we're allow we're keeping the power with the voters uh, by saying that we're not going to allow special interests to come into our state and pour buckets of money uh, to manipulate the Constitution. Aaron Baer from the Christian for the Center for Christian Virtue, thank you so much for keeping us abreast of this critical time in Ohio and in our country. We're grateful to your leadership and thank you for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. Always grateful to join you. Thankful for FRC for always being first to the fight whenever we need you in the states. Thank you so much. All right, friends, coming up, we have a tax on Christian speech, a tax on places of worship. We'll cover all of it right after the break. You do not want to miss what's coming your way in just a few moments. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND 
Band to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. FRC, celebrating 40 years with Dr. James Dobson. And I just want to congratulate you on everything that's said and done there. I believe in the Family Research Council and the work that it's doing. There aren't very many left that are that true blue, that uh, conform with biblical truth. Uh, But this organization has done that, and I congratulate you for it. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Of course, that was Dr. James Dobson. All of us here at Family Research Council love and admire Dr. Dobson enormously, and I know you do as well. He was a huge part of starting FRC 40 years ago, and his comments and his impact still continue to resonate all across the country. We want to encourage you, likewise, to come, as you just saw a little commercial there, to come join us uh, in September for the Pray, Vote, Stand conference. It's one of those things that you don't want to miss. You're going to hear some phenomenal speakers. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be inspired. You will join with thousands of others who are standing for faith, family, and freedom. So check it out. We hope you'll come join us for the Pray, Vote, Stand conference coming up in September. All right, we have Christian speech all over the country being attacked, people going after it. We have places of worship being attacked all over the the country. Uh, Just recently, for example, there was a spate of attacks against churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that has, quite frankly, brought back a national conversation about the rising hostility that we see right here in America against churches all across the country, literally. In fact, you may recall that FRC released a groundbreaking report last December that showed the astonishing extent of hostility of Christians here uh, in America, the things that people are facing. And earlier this year, FRC released an addendum to that report that examines what's already happened this first quarter of this year, which likewise 
is stunning to behold. Well, uh, we're watching vandalism, property damage, intimidation. Uh, we're, we're, all of these type of things are happening both to individuals and places of worship. And so in, uh, coming to join me now is Ariel Del Turco, who is FRC's director of the Center for Religious Liberty. And she is the author of both the FRC groundbreaking reports that I just referenced. Uh, Ariel, welcome back to the program. Great to have you. Jody, thank you for having me. Well, it's always a pleasure. All right, so uh, you were actually quoted in the Dallas Morning News uh, about the recent attacks that have been taking place there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and different places across North Texas. Uh, so let's just begin there. What happened to these churches in the uh, DFW area? Yeah, so there have been several nasty attacks against churches in the northern Texas area. Uh, in one instance, uh, a church was actually firebombed. So it was purposely set on fire uh, with a chemical device um, and did a lot of damage to the church main doors and entryway, especially. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Um, in another instance, we saw a church vandalized twice in uh, two months and People left nasty, horrible, threatening messages along with uh, swastikas all across the church. Um, it was really a gross display. And this just goes to show uh, that these attacks against churches continue to be a rising issue. And it's a real challenge to religious freedom uh, because a basic part of religious freedom is simply being able uh, to go to church and feel like your church is not going to be attacked. Uh, you're safe to go, uh, that you're tolerated and welcomed in a community. So this continues to be a real problem. Well, what about the, the authorities there? We have, and I know you know this probably better than anyone, the, across the country, so many of these attacks, things that have been happening uh, even against the pregnancy resource centers, all these, they're, they're all kind of related, but there seems to be no prosecutions. No one is ever uh, found guilty of these things. And if they are, there's oftentimes just a slap on the wrist. How are the authorities dealing with the, this outbreak in the North Texas area? Uh, the authorities, local, state, federal, uh, all of them combined. Uh, is there an effort to really get to the bottom of it? Yeah, this is one of the most discouraging aspects of this problem. Uh, sometimes it's difficult for the police to identify a perpetrator of these attacks for whatever reason. Um, sometimes they're prosecuted, but maybe not as fully as they could be. Uh, but I think there's just a lot of political apathy, and there's not always the political will to prioritize uh, protecting churches and preventing these attacks. Uh, we see this from the very top. Earlier this year in April, uh, the Biden administration, Department of Justice, they recommended no jail time for someone that committed crimes against a church. I believe they had uh, done damage to the exterior and tried to throw a brick through a window, and they also assaulted a church employee, and yet the Biden administration recommended that this person receive no jail time. So I think this apathy is really coming from the very top with the Biden administration. And so we really need our political leaders to be speaking out forcefully against these attacks, making clear that this is unacceptable and that there is no room for these type of attacks in the United States. 
What do you think is causing this? Uh, it seems to be, I mean, we've seen this type of thing going on for quite a while, but it's absolutely increasing in numbers and in violence. What is the underpinning issue that's causing this hostility? Yeah, and it's hard for us to know what's in the human heart, uh, especially with all of these diverse attacks occurring all across the country. But there are a few things that we know are true. We know that the United States is an increasingly secular place uh, where people just understand religion less and less. They understand the value of it less. And so I think that when there is a moment that sparks a lot of political anger, it becomes more thinkable for uh these for people to go against churches, to target churches and take out their rage and anger against them. Uh, we live in a culture that really has no tolerance uh, for any, any criticism of the cultural norms, any criticism of the dogma created by the sexual revolution that's taught in schools now. There's absolutely no tolerance. And this cancel culture mindset, it's really spilling into other facets of our culture, including physical attacks against churches. Uh, when we're seeing so many criticisms against churches, uh, people calling our biblical beliefs evil, uh, people attacking Attacking us for what we believe about hot button political issues like abortion or same-sex marriage or gender ideology. Uh, when we're called evil for that, that really opens the door for uh, more and more targeting of churches, not just rhetorically, but also physically too. Absolutely. Real quickly, Ariel Del Turco, where can people go to find the religious hostility report and the addendum uh, that you put together? So both of our reports can be accessed at frc.org slash hostility against churches. Thank you so much, Ariel Del Turco, for joining us on this edition of Washington Watch and for your tremendous leadership on this issue. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, friends, probably many of you, if not all of you by this time, probably have seen a video of a young Christian street preacher being detained by police in Wisconsin uh, last week. It went viral. Uh, the arrest happened quickly. It happened without warning. It was during a pride event uh, that was headlined by drag queens. It was done in front of children. Well, what led to the arrest? What all happened? Where is it all now? Joining me now to discuss this himself is that street preacher, Marcus Schroeder, who is part of the ministry Warriors for Christ. Marcus, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure to have you. And first of all, let me just say thank you for your courageousness, your willingness to stand in behalf not only of, of yourself, but for the entire nation and for the First Amendment religious liberties. Thank you for that. So before we get into the arrest itself, tell us what you were watching at this Pride event and why you decided to go in the first place? Yeah, my group will go out to uh, many different events like this, but at, at this specific event, they were doing a drag queen story hour. They did that in the morning for probably, I'd say, 15, 20 minutes, but then the afternoon, they have two dance hours. So it's like a children's dance hour with the drag queens. And so that's what they did um, in the afternoon. And so it was literally grown men dressed as women in lingerie uh, some of some of them in lingerie. The children were uh, even giving dollar bills to the drag queens. They were dancing with the drag queens, as the as the drag queens uh, did uh, sexually suggestive dances, 
in front of five, six, seven, eight-year-old kids. And so the, they did two of these dance hours. The first dance hour um, was, uh, I, I forget the exact time, but probably right around one o'clock. Um, and, then, and then they had a second dance hour later, which is when I was arrested. I was arrested, I think, right before they were about to start their second dance hour, something, something somewhere around those lines. Okay, so let's talk about the arrest itself. What happened? What were you doing that uh, the, the police officers said was the reason for the arrest? Tell us about what was taking place and what happened. What's funny is they didn't actually give me much of a reason for arrest. As you see in the video, they don't talk to me much. The, the beginning of the video, that video that's been played um, all over Instagram and and uh, social media and things like that. The very beginning of that video is the beginning of me using the amplification. So that video is the entire footage of me preaching and our entire interaction with the police. So as you see in that video, the police didn't give me any warning beforehand. He just comes up, grabs the mic from my hand. We're trying to ask him, is there a code that we're violating? You told us, like he had told us before, that we could protest at the fence. Uh, they had never mentioned anything about us not having amplification. So that's what um, we were trying to ask him. And then all of a sudden, a cop from behind me grabs my other arm. Uh, they handcuff me. And, and they they detained me for about an hour or two. And then they eventually charged me with uh, amplification without a permit and resisting arrest. And the officer who was walking me off, like right, right about now in the video, I was asking that officer who handcuffed me why I was being arrested, what I was being charged with. He said, a resisting arrest. I said, how am I being charged with resisting arrest? Um, because as you see in the video, I didn't resist arrest. And so he said, my muscles tensed up. Uh, which obviously in the video, he, he grabs my arm from behind without me expecting it. There was no warning beforehand. I had no idea that I was about to be arrested. I was kind of focusing on the officer in front of me. So he grabs my arm from behind. So any tensing of my muscles was like a natural reflex from surprise. And and uh, that that's what they charged me with. Yeah, anyone would do that when you don't see it coming. You're not aware of what's happening. Uh, that's, uh, that's so unbelievable that this is happening. So you went to the police station, law enforcement, and what happened there? Were you given any further information? Um, they printed off for me. The officer who actually booked me at the station, he, he was nice, but he, um, so he printed off for me the, the different citations and the, the specific codes that I was being charged with. And so that is, um, those, those two codes, that, that's essentially what happened. We talked a bit, but um, there wasn't, much more. Oh, oh, one other thing actually that they they did um, give me at the at the station was essentially a warning that for the next two weeks, if I go on any Watertown uh, public parks, that I will be arrested on the spot and charged with state fine. So uh, essentially, I'm banned from all Watertown public parks for the next two weeks. And Why? Did they give a reason? They didn't give a reason. No, I I, I think that the. The rationale that they started to say was, you know, disrupting the event, which if you see the video, I, I'm not sure if in that specific video it shows how far away I was from the actual drag queen event. But um, I think there might be a different angle that might sh show kind of where I was in relation to the drag queen event. I was I was quite a ways away. There was a whole field in between me and where they were ho host hosting the dance hour. And the amplification was not turned up very loud. So it, it wasn't. Like, like they they could hear me, but it wasn't a a major disruption, and it was on a public sidewalk, and so we have the right to free speech for that. So 
Um, yeah, wow. yeah. They, they, so what, what they, has happened since the arrest? What, what, what have you experienced since this happened? Yeah, I, I guess with the with with that actual city, I went Tuesday. So Saturday, I was arrested. Tuesday night, I I went before the city and testified before their city council. So the chief of police were there. Um, a few officers that I had recognized uh, from from them being there Saturday were there. Uh, the, the actual officers in the video were not there, but I, I I testified before the city council, kind of talked about this. And now I've had several law firms reach out. And I'm uh, contemplating, you know, which which one to go with, and and from there we'll we'll decide where exactly we take this legally. But our, our main goal is to like use use the story, use the this opportunity we have legally, not just to go after um, the officers or anything like that. That's that's not what I want to do. I'm not in this so I can make any money from a lawsuit. Um, uh, what what I want to do is make sure that next year they don't have the drag queen story hour. So so anything that we can do to influence the city to say we're not going to allow grown men to do sexual performances for children in our city anymore. If that's what comes out of this, that, then that's that's our greatest hope and desire. Marcus, thank you for standing in 10, 15 seconds is all we have left. What encouragement would you give to our viewers and listeners? Just be faithful. Be faithful in, in doing ministry and, and speaking the truth, and that's what God will bless. Marcus Schroeder, thank you so much for taking a stand taking a hit for all of us and we're all behind you praying for you and praying that this turns out in a god kind of way thank you for joining us on washington watch thank you i appreciate it all right friends that wraps up this monday edition of washington watch thank you for joining us this is the america we're living in that's why we are here keep the torch ablaze we'll see you tomorrow Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.